Boo! Welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our value customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. All right, let's go ahead and out the gate, earn our explicit tag. This is a microphone check. This is Griffin on the fucking mic. And we got Zach over here also on the fucking mic. You fucking ready to do this? Oh, I'm so fucking down. (sighs) Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new, intense, 100-degree octane thrill ride episode of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. I am Griffin. And I, of course, am Zack. Thank you for coming back. We're very, very happy to have you. Today, we're diving into uh, Wizard of the Coast's newest content. We're, of course, talking about Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost, fucking Maiden. Fuck yeah! Alright, I think, I we, can take, I, I, I think we can take the dial now and turn it back down to our normal <laughs> level of bullshit. All right, fantastic. Um, Hi, hi, folks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love this. I love this show so much. Oh, it's very good. Um, Awesome. So, should we should we briefly share the the good news with the people out there for our our Bowling Green locals? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how much of the details we've let out, but we 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 have been working this morning. Yes. Today is is September the twenty seventh. On a very cool project that we've been teasing for a while now. Yeah, um, um, Bowling Green locals uh, should know about, and if not, this is your educational segment of the day, about Icedeer Brewing, one of our lovely patrons. Oh, fantastic friend of the show. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. And uh, we've been, we, we've frequent there. If you are a Patreon listener, then you know that Zach and I recorded our Patreon live episode uh, live in their tap room. Yeah. But Chris, being the lovely soul that he is, uh, has asked us as well as Chase and Ryan from another path to collab with him on a beer. Yes. Yeah, so we were working on that a little we're bit. We're working ago. on it's a very cool. We're working on a beer, guys. It's very good. So if you're a local to Bowling Green, Ohio, check out about two weeks after this episode goes out at Eister Brewing in Bowling Green, Ohio, and check out the the another official Another Path beer. I know. It's very exciting stuff. But well, that is the future. The present is Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Yes. And, or as we'll call it here, uh, uh, Frost Maiden. Breeze, more like Gale, more like Nice Wind Dale. Oh, I was trying trying to differentiate more, but that's very good. <laughs> uh, tune of the Cold Lady. You know, it's rhyme as in like like frost and like. I didn't like, know that was a term for that. Yeah, so R no. R I M E is like a like like hoarfrost. Here, let's take a quick. I don't know what that is. Here's our educational segment for the day again. Nice. Rhyme. I love. I love that these these come in all the time. Rhyme noun: frost formed on a cold object by the rapid freezing of water vapor in cloud or fog. Oh, cool. Verb: so, to cover something with hoarfrost. Why is it called hoarfrost? I'm going to find out. Uh, and it's it's h it's h o a r frost. Okay. Not w h o r e frost. Like like hoar. Mm-hmm. Um, a grayish-white crystalline deposit of frozen water vapor formed in clear, still weather on vegetation, fences, etc. So when you got, like, a frost on stuff. Yeah. In the morning. It's yeah. a hoarfrost. Yeah. Huh. Didn't know that. Cool. Cool. Education. Awesome. So our first creature that we are covering today is... In the is, nice Windale. In, in, in nice Windale, yes. <laughs> um, are known as the Chwinga. Chwinga. The Chwinga. Give me a moment. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. If um, if if Dale has a really nice wind, it's a nice wind, Dale. <laughs> you were Good saying. God. Thank you. You were the saying Chwinga. A Chwinga is a tiny elemental spirit that lives in plants, rocks, and rivers far from civilization. Those found in cold climates also live in ice and snow, 
painfully shy, Chwingas prefer to move about unseen. Chwingas resemble six-inch tall animated dolls with mask-like faces, spindly limbs, and wild hair. Their appearance is sometimes foreshadowed by gentle breezes, the sweet smell of flowers, dancing fireflies, or snowflakes. They don't have names and cannot speak. They have a humanoid fascination. I have a fascination with them. Chwingas find the trappings of civilization fascinating. They puzzle over creatures that wear armor, carry weapons, use tools, and cook food. When a Chwinga encounters one or more humanoids, its curiosity sometimes gets the better of it, and it follows them for a short time to observe them. (laughs) If it takes a liking to a humanoid, a Chwinga might use its cantrips to aid the creature, or it might bestow a magical gift before departing. The aspect that attracts a Chwinga to a humanoid can take any form. In some cases, a Chwinga might simply like the way a humanoid walks or the way it combs its hair. Other times, it might be smitten by a humanoid's ability to play music or to eat copious amounts of food. I love them. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, they're very cute. Chwingas. Chwingas, yes. uh, they They can climb and swim real well. Apparently, they're very quick on their feet and are good at evading stuff. They have some innate spell casting. They can, uh, 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 their stuff is very sort of druid esque. Well, yeah, they're little, they're little nature they're elemental buddies. spirits. Yeah, so they can they have druid craft, guidance, pass without a trace, and resistance. Having passed without trace, oh, it's, it's probably because they're super fucking shy. Yeah, they don't. And want so to they're just like, don't see me. They don't require air, food, or drink, and when they die, it turns into a handful of flower petals, a cloud of pollen, a stone statuette resembling its former self, a <laughs> tiny sphere of smooth stone, or a puddle of fresh water. Aww. Mm-hmm. They can, uh, uh, they target a humanoid that it can see, um, and, and they gain a supernatural charm of, uh, of, uh, uh, from the, the Chwinga, um, and apparently there's a, a list of supernatural charms somewhere. I'm gonna try to find. find. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. try to find it. Yes, some of the charms that they have. They have the charm of biting cold um, as a bonus action. It says you can spend one of the charms charges to breathe your weapon's attacks with biting cold for one minute. Holy shit! Yeah, that's pretty cool. There's the charm of bounty uh, that lets you uh, create food and water without requiring components. Twingas. They have a uh, cold resistance. Something called snowball strike. I need to read this. Has five charges as a bonus action. You can spend one of the charms charges to create a magical snowball in your hand and throw it. The snowball is a magic ranged weapon. Deals one d four one d four cold damage on a hit. Uh, if you score a, tar- a critical hit with the snowball, the target is blinded until the end of its next turn. <laughs> ah! The snowball vanishes immediately after you hit or miss with it. There's the charm of the ice troll. It allows you to use your reaction when you take cold damage to reduce the damage to zero. Nice. Snowwalker has an action. You can spend one of the charges to gain one of the following benefits for 24 hours. You and your allies uh, within 15 feet ignore difficult terrain caused by snow or ice. You can see through areas heavily obscured by snow to a distance of 60 feet. Or you're mo- immune to the effects of extreme cold. Hmm. And then lastly, the, the charm of the Traveler's Haven. Three charges as an action. You can spend one of them to cast Lehman's Tiny Hut. No components required. Little igloo. You make some little igloos. That's so cool. No, but they're they're really cute. There's a picture of one like holding a fork, and it, it looks like you know like a like a canoe oar to it. Like <laughs> it's just really big. There's one making like a tiny snowman that looks like and putting like a feather in it. They're just kind of cute, and they're they're curious and they're delightful. And yeah, you know if you if you uh, 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 are cool enough, it might want to just hang out and be your buddy. So like. Let us know about Chwingas, and we'll see if we can if we can set something up. You missed like one of the coolest things on here. Did I? Natural shelter. Oh, did, where, where where'd I be? On its yes. stop block. Oh yeah, they magically take shelter inside a rock, a living plant, or a natural source of fresh water. And in space, it can't be targeted by an attack, spell, or other effect while inside the shelter. And the shelter doesn't impair the uh, uh, Chwinga's blind sight. Apparently, it also has blind sight. Uh, the Twinga can use an action to emerge from the shelter, and if the shelter is destroyed, the Twinga is forced out and appears in the shelter space, but is otherwise unharmed. They're just little... These things are Studio Ghibli as fuck. Oh, no, for real, though. Like... <laughs> so apparently they first appeared in Wizard's uh, Tomb of the Annihilation, 
Tomb of Annihilation. And they were indigenous to the peninsula of Chilt, where yeah. that is. Where that is. It says that uh, as spirits it's, of the elements, Chult. however, they range far and wide. A large number of them came to Icewind Dale with the immigrants from Chult and made new homes for themselves in Aww. and around ten towns. Apparently, there's a place called Ten Towns. I wonder yes. if there's Ten Towns. I, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Those Go. that remain near civilization adopted the garb of their humanoid neighbors, creating miniature coats for themselves. Jesus Christ. They ah! can sometimes... They can sometimes be seen riding an arctic fox or snow hat. Oh my god! Hair. Otherwise, wandered into the tundra, changing their coloration to blend in with their surroundings. Exposure to Auril's nightly aurora and the unnatural blizzards she creates can cause Twingas to behave unpredictably, even insanely. Well, that's no good. We must protect yeah. Twingas at all costs. We must protect Twingas because they're so cute. Oh. Oh, they're so cute. I'm. Oh. I'm in. This is one of the rare occasions where. This thing's actually a good pet. Oh, it'd be so uh, just a good little bud. That you got a good little bud. Out. They're super shy, but you know, like you have that with animals too. Like you go and adopt an animal, and and oh, they yeah, come yeah. home, and they're just like, I don't know what's going on right now. They got to adjust to a new space, adjust to the people. But you know, you're nice to them. You give them their space, give them food and treats and stuff, and they eventually warm up to you like a Twinga would. And they let you. They warm up, and they let you throw magical snowballs at people. Yeah, and they give you fucking magic buffs. Oh, that's very, very good. You go. You you're at home with your Twinga. With your Twinga. It's you got to go into the office today, and you're just like, shit, I don't want to go into the office today. But your Twinga, you, you've warmed up to them. You've been with your Twinga for about a year. And they're now super chill, and they understand where you're coming from. And so they, they do the charm of Traveler's Haven, and you go into work, and you just put up a Liaman's tiny hut. You put up a bubble around your cubicle that no one else can get into. And your you boss can can't like, come in and ask you where your reports are because yeah. you haven't given them access. Yeah, Susan on the next cubicle over, half of her cubicle is in the dome, so she can't get to her paperwork, which is rad. Yeah, you know, Hector wants to show you pictures of his kids for the third time today. But Hector's still a jerk. He's going to be pressed up on the side of the bubble and it's like, Jonathan, no, look, look, he's riding a tricycle. Isn't it cute? And you're going to go, no, Hector. <laughs> and you're, he's, you know, he's banging on the side of the bubble. Just boom, 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 boom. Hey, can I come in? <laughs> no, it's really great this time. He's back. He's in the kiddie pool. It's, it's adorable. Don't you want to see? I don't want to see a picture of your, your, your kid in the bathtub. It's weird. No, it's, look how cute he is. He's, uh, I don't okay. care, Hector. Okay, it's fine. I'll show you later. Yep. Thank you, thank you Twinga. <laughs> thank you, Twingas. We salute you. <laughs> this is now this is now a uh, Twinga appreciation space. Oh, yeah, most definitely. We love Twingas. We stand Twingas. They're, they're, ac they're actually like... These things are super cool, like lore-wise oh. in, in general. Oh, but yeah, no, very, very cool. There's not enough friendly things in the worlds of D&D. Most things want to kill you. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have a thing that is just friendly and just wants to, like, kind of have their weird fascination with you. Because, like, I, I love that idea that it's the, it's the most random thing that they could be attached to. Yeah. Like, it's like, whoa. You wear a ring on your pinky finger. Awesome. What? What is... No, 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 let me see, let me see, let me see. What is the the weirdest Twinga fascination that we can come up with? Um, Fuck. This person picks his nose real good. Ooh. Like, like, the, like the boogies are... Oh, yeah, go, just goes like for the boogies. sizable. Oh, they come out. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a good rock, you know. <laughs> um, this person puts sriracha on their hot dogs. It's pretty good. This person wipes back to front. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Oh no, Zachary! You never wipe back to front. Do I? No, I don't. Okay, 
I had to think about it for a sec. Like, I've never... That's never something I've spot-checked myself on. Uh, on which direction you wipe in? <laughs> Wait, what's... Which part's the... Okay, no, we're there. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what part's the back? I was like, no, think about it, Griffin, for just a second. Um, this person eats their pencil erasers. Okay. This person took out a Yeti with his bare hands. Damn. I know, right? Uh, this person sleeps with socks on their hands. This person is very hairy. Oh, no, that's just a bear. What have I done? Ah! Oh, no! Pass the trace. But then the Twinger runs away and dives into a tree. And then it's fine. And then it's fine. The bear's just like... What the fuck? Scratch, scratch, scratch. And, and then, then the Twinga falls in love with the bear. Because <gasps> the way it scratches bark. And then the and then the bear can throw magic snowballs at your dome. Oh no. That'd be so good though if the Twinga like befriended other other Just things. Buffed a bear. Or like or like random like owls or or one of the foxes that like it rides on. All of a sudden this fox jumps out of nowhere and it casts create food and water and just a a a bag of grain appears in front of it just <clears throat> like what the fuck that's the new children's book twinga buffs a bear Tw- <laughs> by zach rob and griffin coltire I, th- I think we would like real talk i think we could make pretty decent children's book authors. i think so i think yeah. so we'll go- we'll give it a try we're filled with we're filled with the appropriate amount of whimsy and, i was uh, gonna say whimsy because so that's we what go. you gotta have we're two whimsical you, you got, lads we are quite we, we are quite whimsical uh but anyway i think that's a good place to scoot on from our dear twingas don't you, you think, think so i think so i want to talk a- more about twinga extreme sports though I mean, I know, but also we're we're at this point probably like twenty minutes into the app, so we oh. gotta keep keep this gravy train a moving. <sighs> Fine. We have lots of things to explore, Griffin. Okay. Well, are you ready for something that is not nearly as cute? Now for something completely different. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be talking about next a tomb tapper. Big yuck. Let's see here. We're not going into this one with nearly as much enthusiasm. Because it's nasty. It's pretty nasty. Uh, These things are huge. Oh, I didn't realize how big they are. They're constructs. They're humanoid in shape. The two arms, two legs, torso, head set up. But the legs are like those kind of detigrade legs where they've got the weird like bend in them. The arms are really, really long. The skin is kind of like purple. And the head, uh, there is no face. It looks like they just have, like, a skin sack over their head. Yeah, Bish Bish got no face. Bish Bish got no face. The most troubling thing, however, is that in lieu of a traditional stomach... It's it's abdominal area. There's just a big mouth. There's just a big mouth on its tummy. Well, what's funny, Griff? Yeah? It's because the drawing does have nips... So, like, if you look at its tummy, the nips kind of look like eyes, and so the the tummy mouth, it kind of looks like a really gross face. Oh, no. I was going to say you've ruined these things for me, but I wasn't on their side to begin with. There we go. Good. The Netherese arcanists who created these creatures called them Thalud, which means faceless, wrought from the fusion of magic and elemental earth. Each of the sexless, hairless warriors stands 15 to 21 feet tall and possesses a lust for magic, an inherited memory composed of recollections from the souls sacrificed in their creation, and an intense hatred for non-human spellcasting creatures. Tomb tappers can dig through earth and rock with their claws or use their metal sledgehammers to shatter rock when needed. They absorb water through their skin and crush rock with their jaws to extract mineral sustenance. They can also digest iron from blood and marrow if mineral-rich rock is unavailable. The Netherese sent the Thalud into the Underdark to exterminate their enemies, most notably the magic-devouring, funnel-shaped creatures known as Ferim. I was going to say Ferim. Close enough. 
The other creatures targeted by the Thalud may include Mind Flayers, Darrow, Drow, and Duragar. Tomb Tappers communicate with one another by means of a humming sound created by, this is a great phrase, skin vibrations. Skin vibrations. (laughs) No, Um, it's not a sweet sensation. It's not a sweet sensation. Tomb Tappers received their colloquial name from the habit of burrowing into the depths to plunder tombs, temples, and caves in the search of magic items which they bear off. They usually try to seize magic from beings that they encounter. Magic is sacred to Tomb Tappers. They don't use any magic items they acquire, instead choosing to protect and venerate such items. Tappers spend their long lives in search of the the source of all magic, which they believe to be hidden deep in the Underdark. They are in awe of Earth Elementals, believing that they come directly from the source and are reluctant to attack them. So yeah, a couple interesting notes in terms of the... They are considered lawful neutral. Despite their really ghastly appearance, they don't have like like an evil bend to them at all. Uh, Very strong. Decently smart for what it is. Burrow speed. Immunity to cold and fire. Resistance to lightning. Blind sight of 240 feet. Understands common and undercommon. Doesn't speak. Has telepathy. A tomb tapper reduced to zero hit points turns into a lifeless stone statue. Huh. They can sense magic within 30 feet of them. Uh, they leave a big tunnel when they burrow. They don't require air or sleep, but food and water, as indicated in their flavor text. Yeah, they they they, they claw, they hit with the big sledgehammer, and they, and they bite you with their tummy mouth. Like, how would that look? Like, if they were trying to make a tummy attack, do they just, like... Well, it actually, the, yeah, like, tell me well, there's a thing here. It says if the if it hits the creature with both claws, it can pull that creature within five feet of its mouth and make a bite attack against. Oh, it. there you go. So, so they grab so, you and they pull you in for a bite hug. Yuck! Yuck! It's very gross. They pull Ugh. you into the tummy, and um, I, it was it was worth mentioning. There are two rows of teeth. There are two rows of teeth, which is always upsetting to see. <laughs> Do we want to uh, uh, touch on the gross uh, implications of the fact that it, it only uh, hates non-human spellcasting creatures? I, I'm assuming that has something to do with the intention. Like, I'm assuming they were they were made by humans and didn't by want humans was didn't gross... want them turning on them. Yeah, like Yuck. like from from what I from what I'm understanding from the flavor text, and I don't know the lore here, so don't at me. I don't fucking care. But uh, it's, I'm, I'm guessing they were made by, like, human wizards because these human wizards wanted to pillage the Underdark, and they just didn't want these things turning on them. So they kind of just imprinted on humans, or made them, made them imprint on humans and be like, hey, f- friend, not food. Everyone else, though, fuck them. I don't care. Yeah, these things are real yucky, dude. But think about the upside. What upside, Griffin? Big, big tall friend, like you are to me. Um, Tommy Mouth, great at parties, can help you find magic things wherever you go. Yeah, okay. Um, cave cave so I guess, I guess if you're a human, mm-hmm. um, and don't or just have a, or just a non-magic any, user. It, yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say, and don't have any non-human spell casting friends. You should be good. <laughs> Or just, like, you know, spot check yourself. It's like, you know, if you've got a friend who's allergic to dogs, you know, don't bring your dog to their birthday party. That's fair. Do people often bring dogs to other people's birthday parties? I don't know. I'm just giving (laughs) an example, my dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just just saying. I'm thinking of our friend Curtis from work who would bring his dog to various locales because everyone loved Peanut because she was a big, fat derp. Oh, Peanut. And shout out to Peanut. Shout out, shout out to the nut one time. And uh, just saying, like, like, just you know, know your friend group. No, no, you know, if someone's upset by the tummy mouth, then maybe don't invite them over, or send your tomb tapper on a little excavation mission. Do some geocaching with them uh, before you bring your your friend over. 
I haven't thought of fucking geocaching in so long. Tomb Tappers would be great at geocaching. Dude, Tomb Tappers would be very good at geocaching. And Especially... if like anyone else is trying to geocache the same geocache, they've got a big-ass hammer. They'll just be like, get the fuck out of here. I, I think in our society, UTP, and just having this thing... Well, A, having this thing out and about with you while geocaching will get the cops called on you. Oh, um, most deaf. But if anyone is trying to get up on your geocaching jock... You've got a fifteen to twenty-one foot tall tummy mouth warrior at your at your back. So, tummy mouth warrior is my is my new favorite band. <laughs> the the it's tummy good, mouth it's warriors. A good, it's, a, it's a good band name, dude. Yeah, we are the tummy mouth warriors. Warri- oh, warriors. Yeah, tummy, tummy mouth warriors. The tummy mouth warriors. Or that's a sports team. We we start a new. Ooh. We create you and I create a new town. One word: tummy mouth. And everyone's and like, you're because t- you know, like people go to weird places. Or they go, they go to places that have weird names just for the sake of it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I've been to Stillcock. Like, if, if it's like, it's like oh, man, we're we're passing, we're, we're driving through Nebraska, and we're passing God. this town called Tummy Mouth. I think we got. Oh, go. we gotta stop at Tummy Mouth. And then they go and they see a tomb tapper and they go, uh, we gotta get the fuck out of Tummy Mouth. <laughs> now I know why it's called Tummy Mouth. But the Tummy Mouth Warriors are playing, and they are a lacrosse team. Ooh. No, I want something more interesting than lacrosse. Um. They are a billiards team. Slam ball. What's slam ball? That's like, it's like basketball basketball with the trampolines. trampolines? Yeah, slam ball. I'm here for slam ball. That's like full contact. I'll double down on on Tummy Mouth Warriors slam ball. Yeah, I think that that, that would fit. Do Do they they get to bring their hammers? I don't think so, and I think that they have to put the balls in the tummy mouth. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like have you seen those like toys that like it's like the the animal and they have the real wide nose that you can like stick a ball in and then you yeah. squeeze them and it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just spit the ball out of their tummy mouth like like a birdo. Yeah, <laughs> tummy mouth warriors. Uh, these things are great. Good for woodworkers with those big hammers. Hmm good for needing a hand getting that itch on your back that you can't quite reach i have that problem all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they've got them long nails they could really rake that back for you good for finding like hmm blind sights like basically like sonar yeah you think yeah i think so i Sounds mean about I, right it could be up for interpretation because it's like is it a thing where they can like I was going to say, with that radius of a blind sight, maybe they have to, like, if you lose your keys, they'd be really good at finding your keys. Yeah. I, because I, I, they could see everything in a 240-foot radius centered on uh, themselves. Yeah. I mean, blind sight. Is it, like, it, what is the limit to blind sight, you know? Like... Because can, like, they, can they detect, only detect movement? I don't know, because is it like tremor sense, and that's like when things are moving? Yeah, it can... Well, because well, isn't tremor sense its own thing, I mean, at it least is. in terms of D&D? All right, you know what? We're looking it up. Yeah. Blind sight. I would want to say sight. that, like, blind sight, it just means that you have your senses about you while blind. It's like echolocation, right? It, all right, so here we go. A creature with blind sight can perceive its surroundings without relying on sight within a specific radiance. Radius. Creatures without sight, such as oozes, and creatures with echolocation or heightened senses, such as bats and true dragons, have this sense. So it's like you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing what's around you, like, like we would. It's like daredevil just, senses. Yeah. Well, you got, you know, you got a client on a thing and, cause he, yeah, daredevil's more sonar and like he hits a thing and then like the sound hits off stuff. Yeah. Blindside's like- fucking weird, you guys. So... My consensus is they would be able to help you find your keys. Probably. I think they'd be very good at, at key finding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And geocaching. And geocaching, yes. <laughs> Definitely good at geocaching. Oh, man. Uh, so I actually, I've actually warmed up to these guys quite a bit. Like, I think once you get past every visual aspect of it, they're pretty great. Yeah, I, I I can't say I'm there with you. They still freak me out. I get it, because, like, the tummy mouth is bad, and the nipples do look like eyes, and yep. the, the normal head is weird. 
It is just like a big thumb up there. It's a big meat hood. And I don't a, like it. But like, I think they're fine. See, I, d- I just don't agree with you. I'm kind of I'm kind of here for them. But I will agree to disagree and move on. All right. Um, should we move on? I believe. Hang on. Let me check the notes. I think we got a new sponsor. Do we now? I think so. Wait. Oh. No, this is last week. Ah, we have a new there sponsor. There we go. We have a new sponsor. Let's roll that ad. Take it away, sponsor. Are you looking for work in a calm, relaxing environment? Do you have a fondness for artisanal teas and comfort? Do you consider yourself undead? Well, Spirituality would like you to join our family. Spirituality, a second chance employment tea house for the undead, is a place for those having difficulty adjusting to their new sense of unlife. We understand that dying is hard, and readjusting after the fact can be even harder. Employment at Spirituality is a way for those troubled souls and shambling bodies to begin reintegrating into a living society. Spirituality is 100% undead owned and operated. A majority of our tea leaves are locally sourced from graveyards, cemeteries, and small businesses. And the blends are assembled in-house by expert sommeliers. Every cup, dish, pot, and platter is also made with love by the hands of the unliving. Don't have a corporeal form anymore? That's all right. We have a number of service and accounting positions that would benefit from your ghostly presence. We offer fair and competitive wages, but spirituality does not have a comprehensive benefits package because, let's face it, we don't need it anymore. Go to PetShopCast.com to see if there's a spirituality in your area. Come join the family of the unique up-and-coming tea house that Timeless Magazine calls a horrid and inviting place for brunch. Spirituality. No life. No worries. That sounds delightful, really. It just sounds fantastic. Yeah. And I know that upon my death, if I am cursed to walk this realm forever as an undead person, Mm -hmm. I know where I'm going for a job. Well, as we know... Neither of us can truly die until the other one does. This is fair. So when one of we us are, we are each other's horcruxes. Yeah, we're, we're each other's where we must be killed simultaneously for us to both remain mm-hmm, dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Zach, are we are we liches? I, I, I think I think you and I are love liches. <laughs> <laughs> our love and our love alone is what sustains us. Um. Anyway, let's move on to our next creature. So this one isn't so much a thing that, you know, like we at the pet shop are like helping, you know, set you up with, but just something that we went, what the fuck is this? We must talk about it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And that is, there's got to be some room for that every now and then. Yeah. That is, of course, the Knoll vampire. Yeah. So Knolls, as we've talked about, I believe in one of our henchfolk episodes. Yes. Are um, tall hyena-like humanoids. Mm-hmm. They love they love they love murder. They love murder, they pillaging. Love, they love pillage. They love uh meat. Yep. Oh. Now, now a knoll, but it's a vampire. <laughs> when a knoll's ravenous hunger is so great that it craves flesh and blood even after death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can rise as a vampire to continue its feeding frenzy. Isn't, Anol- isn't Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frost Maiden, kind of a horror story? I think it's like a horror uh, Skyrim sort of. Because thing. we met Twingus, who are very cute, but the rest of the things in this in the in the creature are pretty awful. Are pretty fucked. Yeah. Pro- pro- proceed. 
A gnoll vampire is a savage predator that feeds on the blood of the living. It cackles maniacally when it catches the scent of its prey and quickly moves in for the kill, tearing away flesh with its claws, gorging on meat and blood, and leaving nothing behind but bones, gristle, and the victim's blood-spattered belongings. Okay. Null vampires are indiscriminate feeders <laughs> that prefer, uh, prefer the flesh and blood of humanoids, including other gnolls. Their, their noses can't stand the scent of perfumes, and their ears can't abide words spoken aloud and celestial. Huh, okay. They don't, they don't cast reflections in mirrors unless they want to. Unlike normal unless vampires, unless they want to, it's strange. Unlike normal vampires, gnolls don't have coffins where they rest, and they have no such places to return to when their corporeal bodies are destroyed. They are undeterred by running water, and they can enter residences without invitation. Oh, shit! I know. When a gnoll vampire uh, needs to travel quickly, it adopts the form of a giant, emaciated hyena. When it wants to catch its prey by surprise, it takes the form of a cloud of mist. After it feeds on a victim's blood, its mist form takes on a crimson hue for an hour or so before its colorlessness uh, returns. Fuck, dude. Um, let's see some some of the things they've got. They've got, of course, the rampage when it's reduced to uh, to when it reduces yeah. a creature to zero hit points with a melee attack. I can take a bonus action, move half speed, and make another attack. It regenerates. It can shape change into that hyena or the mist. The the mist. Gross. It's got its vampire weaknesses, as we saw. It's enraged by celestial. Uh, so speaking words in celestial, the vampire must attack the source of those spoken words on its next turn. Oh. If these words come from multiple sources and from opposite directions, the vampire is restrained. That's Otherwise, tight as hell. That's very good. It's repulsed by perfume and has d- disadvantage on melee attacks made against any creature wearing perfume and carrying an open container of it. Stake to the heart. If a piercing weapon uh, made of wood is driven at the vampire's heart while the vampire is incapacitated, the vampire is paralyzed until the the stake is removed. And sunlight hypersensitivity. It takes 20 radiant damage when it starts its turn in sunlight. And when in sunlight, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. Can we go back to that enraged by celestial thing? That's very cool. That's A, the game designer in me is really pleased by that, because D&D doesn't have enough cool shit like that, in my opinion. Yeah. And I love that there are two different ways of doing that, because, like, A, it, a, it brings a benefit to language, which rarely comes up in my, in yeah. my experience. Like, you can use that to, like, tank if you need to. Mm-hmm. If you're just like, hey, my, like, like you're, and you're just also just talking shit in Celestial, you're just you're saying in this beautiful angelic language, "Come here, you little bitch." Yeah, but, but the fact also, that you can, yeah, have it like flanking and just just screaming scripture at it. Well, that's a good thing for you know that that is you know if, if you're running a game that you know a, a, a null vampires are a problem. That's like important piece of information that like you let the that the party can dig up. You know, yeah. Because, like, that's crazy helpful. Like, if everyone, like, knows, like, a, a, a short bit of Celestial and yeah. surround the bish and... I, oh, I love cool. that. And also, it's I think it's great that they threw the normal vampire, like, weaknesses out the window in exchange for new ones. Yeah. That's just, that's just clever, and it's good writing, like... And it revitalizes it, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's it on brand has... for the character, too, for the type of monster. They have a frightful cackle. <laughs> it emits a bone-chilling cackle. Each creature of the vampire's choice that is within 120 feet of the vampire can hear its Fuck. cackle. Must succeed on a DC 15 wizarding saving throw. Be frightened for one minute. Yeah, that's repeat. fair. Yeah, that's pretty great. Uh, and in sickening gaze, the vampire targets one humanoid it can see within 30 feet. If the target can see the vampire, the target must succeed on a DC 15 con save. Against this magic will be poisoned for 24 hours. Okay. Creature who's saving though is successful yeah, is immune yeah. to this vampire's sickening gaze for 24 hours. So it just gives you this look? See, I was thinking more like this look. <sighs> That's pretty good, yeah. That's pretty good, thank you. It looks at you and just kind of like licks its lips seductively. Yeah, the and chops. You, and you go, and you go, oh. Oh, fuck. Um, so here's my up. question. Uh-huh. So 
We we because I, I believe we also somewhere in Icewind Dale get cobalt vampires. We do, so, I think. Yeah. So here's my question: mm-hmm. If there had to be the most like ridiculous like D and D race to make a vampire, what would it be? Mm, ridiculous. Yeah, like what would be like the like either the scariest or the like just goofiest. Like I'm like this thing those is are, a vampire is very funny. Those are two very different answers. I feel like. I'm mean, I'm giving you options. <sighs> you know I hate options. Okay, fine. Um, you only get to do the first one, the um, scary one. Scary. Scary. Since you don't like options. Loxodon. Oh, the, the the elephant people yeah. from, from Ravnica. Oh man, a big so it's got its tusks. Yeah, but it also oh, has fangs. No, the tusks are the fangs. Ah! <laughs> they just gore you and just. Oh man, loxodons. Loxodons. Because they could, they can just stomp and smash. Can can because like th- there's a thing where like you know the vampires grapple you when they attack you. It just oh no! Grabs you the, with the big trunk. Well, because because the loxodon it spears you with its trunk, not its trunk with its tusk, and then it just shoves its trunk in mm-hmm. and just like mosquitoes you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna answer the other one anyway. Fuck you. Okay, look, S- you had the option at first, and you threw a fit about it. Just go, go ahead. Answer what? it. No, you do it. Okay. S- silliest one, Zach. Silliest one. Right now. Three, two, one, go. Um, I mean, like a halfling vampire would be really funny, I have to say. <laughs> J- just tiny and deadly. Um, Do-do-do-do-do. What would be a funny one? Trying to think of the best. Oh, a turtle. Please. <laughs> Are turtles, tor- like, like, that much slower in the normal races because that'd be funny just like oh let's see total i think they got a a normal yeah they got they got normal speed yeah they got normal speed but that'd be really funny though but yeah this is like you're in the night and you hear like a and you're like what and you turn around and there's just like like a, a turtle shell that's just sort of like slowly creeping slowly like rolling towards you <laughs> it's, a snap- then, it's a snapping and, and, turtle and then it, no, and then it reaches a standstill, okay? And there's silence. And then, and then it springs out of its shell, and and just, and you're dead, and you got tortled. So if null vampires have their discrete vampire weaknesses, what are the vampire weaknesses of Loxodon? vampires and turtle vampires um does the loxodon become like especially afraid of like a mouse probably yeah they have a they have a they are they're uh deterred by small rodentia yes i think it's very good and for loxodons if you smell like vanilla then yeah they really don't like that they're also lactose intolerant okay that ha- that's not like a that's not like a like a like a vampire weakness like it's not gonna like you know like restrain them like the celestial language does but mm-hmm. they just can't eat ice cream it's kind of a shame so if you're if you, so if you eat if you drink a lot of milk and eat a lot of dairy then they can't they can't slurp you nice so it's sort of like a self defense measure yeah and then for the turtle it's like like extreme fear of like a pot of water and like a shell hammer mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they don't like, they don't like, uh, they're afraid of thunder. And, and hairs. Hairs? Like rabbits? Yeah, like, you know. Or like hairs, the hairs on your head. No, like rabbits, because you like the tortoise and the hair. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely, I definitely didn't get the joke, god damn it. Because that was a bad one. It was a bad joke, that's why you didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) If you are wearing a mask, then the turtles forget who you are. They have object permanence. 
Do they really? Just, but just when it comes to faces. I don't know. I'm making shit up, Zach. Well, I, I didn't know if any of these are based in facts or not. No, Fuck me. of course not. It's, have, you, have you been on the show before? I could believe that turtles maybe have, like, object permanence problems. So, like... <laughs> I mean, they very well might, but we're talking about humanoid turtle vampire bros. Okay, I was... Okay, I was trying to you know, give you props for your your biological knowledge, but I you know what? Forget that. it. No, I appreciate that. You just know that that's not existent as it is. Oh, no. I know. I know that when you slow blink at a cat and it slow blinks back to you, that means it likes you. But aside from that, I know nothing else about animals. Yeah. Yeah. We know a lot about mythical animals. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you know. And, and, and some UTP animals when, yeah. when we throw a curveball in. <laughs> Reindeer. Otters. Corgis. Oh, that corgi. It was a good time. It was a good time, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, no vampires are fucked. Yeah. Um... What is what is the worst of them all? Null vampires, Loxodon vampires, or Tortle vampires? Get at us in the comments. Yeah. Let us know. Most definitely. I think it's gnolls just because, like, there's a very good picture of, like, the gnoll, like, on, like, a sheet of ice. And it's, like, maw and front hands are just, like, covered in blood. Yeah. And I kind of am horrified. Yeah, it's not great. It's got, like, a very long gauge hanging from its ear that's got blood trickling off of it. Like, yeah, see, this, this picture really baffled me at first, because until I zoomed in, I couldn't find its eyes, and so I thought the top of those gauges were its eyes. I'm like, where's no. this thing's pupils? Because oh, like, <laughs> around its eyes, covered in blood, and it also has blood red eyes, so they, they blend in real good. I see it now, but until I clicked on it and zoomed in, I definitely didn't see those eyes. <laughs> Fucking... Fucking vampires. Alright, well, shall we move on to our last? I think so. Alright. We will take a swing back in the direction of niceness to end our, our journeys into Dale's nice wind and talk about some, just some, honestly, some, some cuddly friends. Yeah, they're, they're nice. We got crag cats. A good old crag cat. It's a big, white-furred mountain kitty. Oh, it's fantastic. But they're not, like, completely mundane. No, not at all. Big white deeds. mountain kitty. The creature referred to in Northlander lore as the Hunter of Men okay. is a sure-footed predator that can be found anywhere except the deep forest, preferring to patrol ledges and cliffs in the mountains. Its cry resembles a human scream of terror, and it often elicits ah! sounds of... A- Yep. <laughs> Sounds exactly like that. Thank you. It often elicits such sounds from its victims, for it prefers human flesh to all other fare. Now, when I said cuddly, I meant, like, visually cuddly. Yes. That's, that's cats, an important, important distinction. Crag cats blend in with their surroundings. During winter, their fur turns white to blend in with the snow. At other times of the year, their fur is gray, enabling them to hide among the rocks more easily. The crag cat knows its territory and often strikes when its prey is asleep, exhausted, or otherwise weakened. Although crag cats are typically encountered singly, they can be found in family groups of two parents and smaller, non-combatant cubs in the spring, or in hungry packs in severe winter weather. Now, gotta say, just looking at this creature and its, its face... Oh, it's pretty cute. It's a big, cuddly kitty. Oh, it's very cute. This is couched by the fact that it does want to eat me. I mean, yeah, but then again, so do most animals. I know. Crag cats have two things that really set them apart from mundane beasts. They have always on them, at every given point in time, the effect of non-detection. Which means they cannot be targeted or detected by divination magic or perceived through scrying sensors. They are magic, They have invisibility to magic radar. Which, like, why? I mean, cool, but, like, why? I mean, keeps them, the, the, the humans that they love to eat from tracking their ass down and killing them in retaliation. I suppose. I want, I want to know what, how, how they got that. Because the other thing is also innate and magic-based. It's called spell turning. The crag cat has advantage on saving throws against any spell that targets only the cat... 
If the cat's saving throw succeeds and the spell is of seventh level or lower, it is returned and on and targets the caster. So you could shoot feasibly a finger of death at the crag cat, and the crag cat would just go mm, nah, and it just reflects off of the kitty. I don't know why you would be that level in hunting crag cats, because they are only like a CR1 creature. Like, they're they're dangerous to mundane folk, but in terms of like a D&D adventuring party, they're not the toughest things in the world. Yeah. Like, they're, they're as tough as you would expect a large predatory animal to be. Yeah. Because aside from that, they don't have any like, I think we talked previously in like a, a Mythic Odysseys of Theros, like some, there was the mountain, or no, 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 it was a type of beasts where the, the mountain lion where, like, it's just a cat that has, like, can earthbend. Oh, yeah. Like, these guys don't have any, like, they can't create avalanches. They don't have a frost breath. But they just... just big and you can't use magic on them really well. Yeah. It's sketchy and weird and very cool. But I'm here for it, and I it... want one to be my pal, even though it wants to eat me, you know? Yeah. Well, it does say maybe we can bend this a little bit. It does say human flesh and not humanoid flesh. That's fair. So if you're non-human... If you're a half-elf, maybe watch out. But... Oh, yeah. If you've got a little <laughs> bit of human in there. Yeah. It'll sniff that out and just be like... Hey, That's like, you know, like, cool. like, like like people going from, like, you know, eating, like, uh, uh, like crab to, like, shrimp. It's like it's like a halfway step, you know? It's like... What? Is shrimp, is shrimp a shellfish, technically? I don't know. I don't know the point I'm trying to make anymore. I don't I've, either. I've buried the lead. I've lost it. <laughs> Y'all can see the just incredulous look that I gave Zach when he started that bit. Wow. I don't know the point I was trying what to make. What were you trying to say? I, I was trying to, I think, come up with like, an, a, you know, like a like a parallel between uh-huh. like... Like, you know, like, I don't know. I give wow. up. I give All up. Right. Let's move on. Hard, hard pivot. They can pounce like a cat does. Can pounce, can claw. They they attack, but they also protect. Yes. Would be great, like, if you had the ability to kind of tame one and make one friendly and not eat you. Probably dope to have as, like, a big familiar Oh yeah, for a wizard or another magic user, because you can just or have like it, a, or like a like a ranger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just kind of have one, kind of slide in the way of magic and just use it like a mirror. Well, I just want to see like bomb. battle cat too, like you know, that armor, armor its ass up and Ugh. it's like, rah, like, like he man. I'd be so down riding a battle cat. Oh, uh, whilst riding a battle cat. <laughs> I was just going to say, if anything's going to be a battle cat, yeah. it's this friend. Would probably be hard to fuck with in, like, a pack of these things. Oh, most death. That'd be pretty dangerous. I wouldn't yeah. want to mess with that. Oh, yeah. It would be real It would. Uh, it'd be real bad. Probably a better climber than me. I'll just go ahead and say that right now. Then Hugh, Hugh Griffin? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's got a climbing speed like that. <laughs> it can climb as fast as, like, you and I could, like, walk. Yeah, and or that's run. like the notion so. of that. The visual notion of that is terrifying because that just means it can just yeah. straight up like a sheer cliff wall, real fast, as that's, fast as like you fast. and I could like run, like a light jog on the ground. There is no escape. Yeah, if we run into one of these things, I think you and I will decidedly be dead. Well, well, what we'll have to do is turn on our our, our wit and our charm, and be like, "Hey, we love you," and then it won't care and will eat us. And will still eat us, yes. <laughs> okay, okay, so let's do a bit where we talk about um what fur color would have in other environments. Hmm. No, is this a de- is this this a bit is this a bit worth exploring? I mean forest is green, like Okay. I was just spitballing here. What if um what if um like hmm. desert crack cat, how does that look? Ooh, probably doesn't. I mean, not to be gross, but it probably don't have fur. If that's the case. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. Because if you live in the desert, you don't need a ton of fur. Well, I don't know, because there's like, the, oh, goodness, what is, there's this one tiny little desert cat. One second. Mm-hmm. Or, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think I know what you're talking about. I guess it would have just, you know, very, very, very short fur, not this luscious, fuzzy coat that this one has. Well, yeah, because, oh, goodness, what's it called? The black-footed cats, or the Felis nigripis, are are native to southwestern South Africa, and in addition to living in extremely dry conditions, these tough little floofs, (laughs) which only grow up to about 16 inches in length, are some of the fiercest predators on Earth. I like how you gave its scientific name, and then also said tough little floof. Well, that's what it says in the the description. These tough little floofs. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah, they have a sixty percent successful a success rate in killing. Usually, oh, I've heard about these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, the they're, ti- most, they're like, tiny little furry poops that live in the desert and kill a bunch of shit. Like, God damn it. Yeah, but they're killing like bugs and snakes, not and like, like little lizards. I mean, yeah, things that it, it itself and its its <laughs> tiny little seventeen inch thing can kill. But it was like, just such still. a trolly thing because I've seen these things advertised as like the world's most successful predator, and it's a thing that kills bugs, like. Well, I'm yeah, I'm I'm just saying. No, that no, the no, they're great. Have I'm, fur in a desert and still yeah. be fine. I'm I'm calling out the trolly ass videos that I see about these things. Well, I don't know. Deserts got some scary predators that are small, like like them snacks. Like you get bit by one of those snacks, you're done. I guess. Those danger noodles are called danger noodles for some for, yeah. for some reason. What if crack Th- cat could fly? Oh my god! I'm well, saying. we kind of saw that in um. A similar thing in Mythic Odysseys of Theros, they had like a, a, a big white crag cat with wings. That was a big that was like a chimera, wasn't it? No. Give me a second. I don't remember this. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go look. Why not? What if Crag Cat Ooh, half Crag Cat Griffin? Hell yeah. Oh, there we go. That's just, I want that. Because I'm a cold weather boy, as you know. You are. And, you really are. And and I'm I'm fond of the mountains. Magic does bounce off of me like like I am rubber into this glue. I I cannot be perceived. You know, the, the more I'm thinking about it, Zach, I can't be perceived by divination magic or perceived through magical scrying sensors. I think I'm a crack. I think I'm half crack cat. Do you know that for sure, though? Yes. I went to a carnival and I went to a woman with a crystal ball and she couldn't see anything. She couldn't tell me anything about who I was, like, like my future, because I could my I, I was I. She couldn't divine anything. I found it. I think I might be half crack cat. Oh man, yeah, no, it's the the winged lion from Theros. Oh, I remember. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. also have a winged bull. But we're talking about crack cats. I'm, I'm just saying, it's a big, it's a big white kitty with wings. I was just just trying to help. <laughs> no, you're great. Anyway, I think we're probably wrapping on crack cats. I think I think we're at the point to wrap up crack cats. Yeah. This is going to be a weird episode. That's fine. The, the energy's all over the place. Anyway. So, um, is, it, so is it always. That's yeah, that's fair. <laughs> also, I, b- before we close out, I also want to point out there's there's little, little no millithids in this book. It's very strange. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about them later. Maybe. But anyway, anyway, that, I believe, is... All we have for you today on this here episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Thank you very, very much for stopping in. Yeah. Go check out uh, Icewind Dale because it's high north shit and I love me some high north shit. We've been playing in high north shit for a long time. For like five plus years. Yeah. And I got to say, like, I, if if it wasn't so niche, I would love to do a Scarsvale episode of Pet Shop. Yeah. Because we have be established nice. so so much but like yeah. that'd be like for literally like eight people all right so it's high north before we go real quick will you say the name of the book in your best sort of norse scandinavian accent go icewind dale rhyme of the frost maiden that's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> you really put me on the spot there yeah and i i, I do my best to just sort of you know if, for the I can surprise. do my I can do my Jarl Balgriff impression real quick. If we, yeah, I was I gonna say, yeah, that, yeah. Jarl Balgriff. Icewind Dale, right? Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. <laughs> you really uh, rolled that R there. I know. I backed up to do it. You, you, you were at, at the, the border. border. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, hey, you're awake. 
You, you're dragonborn. Oh my god. Fantastic. But, uh, yes. but anyway, Thank let's wrap the episode. Listening. Thank you all for listening, everybody. It's been a pleasure having you. Uh, we're closing in on our two-year anniversary in a couple two months. Two-year anniversary. Yeah, no, we, we, we found the date for that, and I forget what it was. I don't fucking remember, but it's... it's like a, a month well, or so, I, for, a month and a half or so from now. Somewhere in November. Somewhere in November. Remember, remember. Um, anywho... Uh, as per usual, feel free to uh, hit us up on, on the Twitter at PetShopCast. Let us know if you have anything that you'd like us to look at. Any um, uh, questions about maybe particular creatures that you would uh, be interested in for yourself or for your family yeah. or for uh, your, your D&D character or whatever else? We're here for you. And if you enjoyed our show, be sure to check out the other shows on the Ghostlight Media Network. And if you really like what we do and like us and have a little bit of, you know, have a little bit of extra dosh that's kind of burning a hole in your pocket. A little scratch. Yeah. Uh, If you want to support us in a more direct way, head on over to patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia and become a, a patron. You get tons of exclusive content. We have a very active Discord server where you can chat mm-hmm. with us personally. And, and I know uh, that we uh, we have uh, lots of ideas of brewing that um, the more support we get, the more uh, uh, ideas and shows um, yeah. and programming that we can put out. So. Pet Shop was a show initially born out of Patreon money. So, it was, in fact. And, it was our first Patreon goal, and now here we are two years later. So Two years later and like four more shows later. Yeah. Um, so Craziness. just real quick to our patrons. I always do this in the outro, but... Thank you, guys. Hey, big uh, thanks. This is where I do my do my, my chest pop pop, kiss the fingers, salute. Mm-hmm. You're great. We love and you. We love you. Anyway, that's going to wrap up us for today. Thank you all again for listening. I have been Griffin. I've been Zach and friends. Oh, we're the other way around. Friends, oh. just remember that at the end of the day. I get to do it. It's all about fucking love, baby. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Thank you all for listening to episode 49 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and the phenomenal people who help create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Carlin, Atan, and Tyler for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or at Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, embrace the coming of winter. Hot cocoa in hoodie season. Let's go. Bye. This is a Ghostlight Media production.